0: Have you heard of the concept called cost to ship versus cost to serve? Well, if you haven't, you need to go and check out Jonathan Briggs on last week's episode as he highlights how to get ahead using that method. You will find that episode at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 55. And in your supply chain. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Thank you once again for tuning into the show. I have been traveling around the US meeting listeners, telling my story, helping to tell others' story, and it has been an amazing experience. I have heard from some that my podcast is one of the only ones that keep their attention. Others are inspired to take action in their own ideas, and some want me to help spread the message of women in Supply chain in their organizations. I am truly humbled and just appreciate everyone for all your love and support. On today's episode, our resident expert, Graham Robbins from Border Buddy, is back. And we are talking about something we don't hear much about. And I'll give you a little hint. You can only go as fast as those around you. But first, let's get to listener's corner and the question of the week. So this week's question came from Kurt Yeeter on LinkedIn. How do you prepare for natural disasters in your supply chain? Like a polar vortex or hurricanes, etc. Over on LinkedIn, we had Ashraf Akari. He said, in a preparation of national natural disaster hitting your supply chain, first thing to put in mind is to prepare for Worst case scenario, Mary McNeely. She had a great answer, and for for her full answer, you're going to want to make sure that you go to the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page um, and go and check that out. Supply chain is like how we live our lives. Is it preparation for any event? Blank sailings, polar vortex, weather? No. Well, why? You can't possibly prep for anything and everything that could possibly happen, but. Preparation comes in the form of investing in people and business relationships, which enables the ability to react to the unknown. Jeffrey Solomon says, let's talk about how to secure our supply chain against blank sailings." That question is actually going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Over on Twitter, I had Sarah. Hack from HackCast. She weighed in. I recommend my entrepreneur clients put as much risk into the partner as possible since they themselves are not big and sophisticated enough yet to stomach these risks. Leah at Leah Global. Be ready to pivot. Have your roster of alternative partners, suppliers, shippers. Expect the unexpected and be prepared. Trey Audrey. Hard to prepare for natural disasters. Act of God kind of stuff. You can prepare for busy times of the year. General uncertainty by leaving lots of time to move your goods or planning to use expedited services at a higher cost. Remember to send me your questions and join in on the conversation every single Wednesday on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. So let's get to today's show. I don't know about you, but I feel like we are always hearing a lot about change, how we need to get on board with technology, but I feel like all the focus is internal. But what happens when the rest of the chain isn't up to the same speed? Well, Graham is here so we can chat, debate, and provide some insights into this growing challenge. So, welcome back to the show, Graham.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, always love having our industry resident expert on. So, tell us how have you been and what is new at Border Buddy?
1: I've been great, thank you. And uh, I think the biggest news for Border Buddy is that we're we're actually spinning the business out completely from A and A Customs Brokers. So we're going to have there are two separate companies, and Border Buddy is going to be operating in its own space. And that's kind of exciting. Our team's uh, pretty excited about um, you know kind of getting on their own their own foundation, so to speak. And then we're um, yeah, that should happen about mid April, and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that.
0: Awesome. And your spaces always look really, you know, motivating, inspiring. So send me some pictures and I'm going to post that up on the LinkedIn page so the listeners can get uh, a sense of the new digs and and how you guys are doing.
1: Great. I will. Yeah, we're gonna have a a ribbon cutting ceremony and everything. It's gonna be gonna be fun.
0: Awesome. So if people want to see that, they're gonna definitely have to to uh, connect with you on LinkedIn. So today we are talking about a few things, um, and I think that they're important topics, specifically around you know service providers increasing efficiencies. So, and we talk a lot about improving processes and increasing efficiencies, and how digitizations will enhance your supply chains. But what we don't talk about is keeping pace with the market and the stakeholders in supply chain. I think, anyways, and I think that it's you know really important because we talk. Talk about internal innovation, um, but we don't necessarily can't. We can only move as fast as the people around us. So, who are the important stakeholders in the supply chain?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, we're not on our own here. You know, we 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 work with uh, CBSA, uh, you know CBP, you know Canadian Customs and U.S. Customs. We work with the freight forwarders and the carriers and the railways and the. The warehouses. So it's, you know, I was thinking about this a bit and, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Uber building their application. It's, it's completely their platform, but imagine if Uber was just building an app for taxi companies, you know, they, they, they would have to convince them to upgrade their tech. They would have to do a whole bunch of things that wouldn't have, have uh, allowed them to have the success that they have. So I think it's a really interesting point is, you know, for us to really innovate. We have to. We have to have um, you know the buy-in or the systems or the innovation happening with all of the parties involved, which is quite challenging.
0: Yeah, and we can't. We can't really move any faster, really, than the people around. Like a supply chain, when you think about a supply chain, it starts with, you know, sourcing product, then buying the product, then, you know, transporting the product, you know, through transportation. And that in itself, you know, goes through a lot of hands. There's a lot of stakeholders. There's, there's a lot of parties. There's ocean carriers. There's air carriers. There's freight forwarders. There's customs brokers. Um, and then again, you get to the last mile delivery part. The warehousing, there's warehousing. You know, three pls. We outsource all of that. And so, if we're just focused internally on how we are doing for innovation and where we want to be and where we want to go, don't you think that even if we get there, we still might be behind because of the people that we are working with and doing business and 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 maybe they're not up to the same innovation pace that we are.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. You know, we we see these um you know, venture capital backed companies that come out, you know, the flexports of the world and things like that and and I I love what they're doing, but what they're really doing is they're putting a fancy wrapper over, you know, some archaic uh, backend, back end, right? So they they aren't they're they might be building a platform that gives you a nice dashboard and some some more data, they're consolidating data, but what they're really doing And what we're seeing for our customers as well is they want the data. You know, our customers want the data. So who can tie it together the best? Who can take all the data that's out there and, 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 you know, put it into a beautiful, uh, easy to use, easy to understand and valuable format to, to look at and understand how can we optimize the supply chain? How can we, you know, lower duty rates and lower, lower our costs? Um, So it's really just taking all of that information together. It's not like someone can build this from scratch, because at the end of the day, we're all plugging into US customs, we're all plugging into Canada customs. Um, So it's it's really just figuring out the best wrapper you can put around the, the other infrastructure.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, think about it. I, you know, you bring up a good point with Flexport. They just got that really big injection of cash. Um, There's a a (laughs)
1: with a B with a B, B.
0: (laughs) and you know, there's a lot of talk around it. You know, some people are, you know, happy about it. Some people are not so happy about it. I spoke to them uh, just a few weeks ago. And they don't really care because they're kind of doing their own thing. And what they're doing is working. I think they told me that they are growing by like 200% every single year. But again, there's still just one piece of that supply chain
1: yeah and then every company grows by two hundred percent every their first few years, right? because it's a small base but and I, and I'm not criticizing them. I want to be clear. I see a lot of posts on LinkedIn about you know Flexport is not that easy. well, like they're doing it they're 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 doing great things, and um you know we i I think it's what they've what they're really good at is marketing and talking about it. They're making supply chain um I hate to use the word sexy, but they're making it look really. <laughs> Really, I was
0: starting to see. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm it's probably
1: the wrong word, but you know they're making forward. it really exciting. <laughs> like when was the last time a VCs, you know, invested in supply chain, right? So, um, so what they've done is they put a big spotlight on this, this, um, this industry. And the interesting part about the industry is so fragmented, right? So, the, why is it fragmented? It's fragmented because of all these systems and all the players. So even Merck, the largest. You know, ocean carrier in the world has 19 percent market share. Um, so, you know, for them to get to 80 would be literally impossible. You know, and so um, the the I just think that says a lot about the industry that we're in. It's very fragmented, and there's going to you know Flexport may be a leader in that right now, and I think that they're doing great things. I've heard great things about their CEO, and um and at the same time. Everyone else has to do the same thing if they want to have have uh, you know be on the same playing field
0: yeah no absolutely so then uh, on the other side of the coin though you know what are the consequences for moving faster than the providers that you work with?
1: yeah, this one is interesting, I think you know our goal is always to be ahead of not only the the other partners that we work with, but ahead of what our customers are going to want or need. So um, what's the benefit to that? Or is it is it even possible? You know, I, I think that really just being close to your customers and understanding what they need. Because of what I find with our customers is they're not asking, you know, how do you do customs clearance? How do you apply tariffs and things like that? They really at a high level are saying, did my products get delivered on time? Are you helping me save you know, costs and duties and taxes. Are you really looking out for my best interests? Um, and uh, is there any major errors or issues or, you know, potholes that I need to look out for? Uh, they're, they're not really that interested in how you actually do it. They're just, they want the outcome that they want. So I think you just are basically, um, you're at a bit of a mercy of, of the other providers, but you're also, if your customer doesn't care that much about it, then how much time do you really want to spend on, on it?
0: Yeah, and I guess it's, you know, it's about those conversations that you're having with the other stakeholders in your supply chain, right? You know, maybe, and if you're not having those conversations, you're going to have to move on from the providers that you're working with now, right? That might not keep the pace with the innovation that you're doing internally. You might have to look externally for other service providers that are going to work with you. If that's the case, if they're not moving as fast as you are.
1: Right. And I think I, I keep going back to this data piece, because um, if you look at, I don't know why we're talking about Flexport, that sounds like an ad for Flexport. But, you know, we also have our own dashboard and, and information, you know, port, like places you can log into, see your status of your shipments, see all your documentation and things like that. Um, but a, what what do you traditionally hear about freight forwarding or logistics there's a there's this thing on business insider it's like an ad almost it says seventy five percent of logistics people still do their their tracking and tracing on a you know a clipboard or by pen and paper or something so there's this um there's this issue where the customers now expect and want data and information they don't want a black hole so I think really. Um, that's what they're looking for, and if as long as you're providing that to them, you have you know you can win by taking that data from all the carriers that are that again are super fragmented. So I I have to go check this website for this. I have to go check that website for this. So I have to check you know an ocean carrier's website for the status on that. I have to go track the trucking company for the delivery. Um, Who wants to do that anymore? You know, I go if I use, use Amazon as an example. I go in, I can. See my item that I ordered and I can see the status with FedEx all in one window. I don't have to go over to FedEx and go look at it. So that's that's really what I think is happening is the push towards this one view of your supply chain.
0: Yeah, that's the type of collaboration and integration that we're sort of moving towards. But before we get on to that, um, you recently posted an article about this Amazon day thing. What is that all about? What are they doing?
1: Yeah, I think this is, this is brilliant. You know, they, they basically are, they're saying, you know, they're trying to save on shipping and they're also, they're, what I find is I'll order things and you just throughout the day, you can order all day long if you want, right? And then you order again on Monday and you order on Tuesday. Well, then your packages are coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But you actually need your your packages all throughout the week. So what they've done is for Amazon Prime members is you can pick the day of the week that you want all your packages delivered. So don't deliver on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Just once a week show up on Thursday or once a week show up on Tuesday and deliver all my packages. So That's
0: great. And it's kind of got a sustainability component to it too, right? Yeah, I think, like I think people planet. are. Like yeah, a happy planet type thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're talking about it from that standpoint, but it's kind of interesting because it, I, I always, I talk about this sort of, uh, what is it? Collateral, collateral damage to, to sort of innovation, like people that you don't really think about. So an example is, um, and you know, this being a Canadian, these mailbox companies that exist on the U.S. border, uh, they, they, they exist for, um, you know, a lot of Amazon shipments going to say Blaine, Washington and then people drive down and get them. Well, if I'm having a package delivered every day for five days and I'm charged $3 a package, I'm getting a $15 fee that week for my package every day. But if if Amazon can instead put those five shipments into two boxes... Now I'm paying $6. So, um, that's another piece. So there's, there's, uh, the mailboxes. There's the corrugate companies that are surprised, <laughs> you know, supplying cardboard for boxes. And then there's the transportation piece. So there's some, re- there's, there's a, probably more that I haven't really thought of yet, but it's really going to be an interesting sort of shakeout to see what the repercussions are.
0: Yeah, and the Amazon Day concept also kind of, you know, plays into what we're talking about today and plays into that sort of nudging the innovation forward, right? Because they're nudging the customer to really think about when they want their shipment delivered, but they're also innovating within to be able to do that, right? So they've anticipated what they need, they've innovated on it, and now they're nudging their outs outlying well, they're not service providers, they're consumers, but kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? To get on board and to work within their innovation.
1: Right. And and what they, the chart that I saw that was kind of staggering is as much as Amazon sales are growing, their shipping costs are growing faster. So they're growing, their shipping costs are growing faster than their sales because you know, again, you you ship ten different items um, in ten different boxes. Uh, you know, you're getting charged for every box. So the the innovation is there, but they've always had this concept, uh, which was I thought was really interesting, is when you could check out, you could choose the speed of your shipping. So if you didn't really need it, I would find myself going, well, I actually don't need it next day. You know, just I'll I'll choose next week, and and then it's still free as a prime member. But for some reason, just psychologically, it felt good to say, well, I don't need it tomorrow. So just, you know, I don't know, put it on a different truck and don't rush, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think they just built on that and said, you know, pe- people know this. I, I, I There's been times where a driver showed up every day at my house and I, or my, you know, my, where, wherever I'm receiving my packages, I feel bad. You know, I feel like, oh, there's a UPS driver again. I'm sorry, man. Sorry. I had to come by here and, you know, drop off a package of diapers or something that it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So there's a sustainability aspect. And there's also the um, saving shipping costs aspect from from their part.
0: Okay, so going back to sort of that collaboration piece, then, you know, how do we enable through collaboration, a way to get everybody sort of moving in that same direction? How does a supply chain professional working at, you know, a retailer or something, take a look at their upstream and downstream on their supply chain? And try to figure out a way to integrate the innovative approach that they're taking internally, and make sure that that it can be adopted or you know worked through um, with their service providers or or their other teams.
1: I, I think that's the million dollar question. You know, if you can build that thing that you just described, I think that would be a great platform. But I think really everyone's trying to figure out how to how to piece everything together because, as you know you know, you think about these freight marketplaces, speaking of innovation, you know, these companies that are taking, you know, basically the expedias of uh, logistics where they are taking your freight and saying, okay, you want to pick it up in uh, California, you want delivered to Ontario, and they're putting it out to 15 different carriers. Well, those 15 different carriers have to integrate into that platform to get the data out of it, right? So I, I really think that, Everyone's kind of working in a silo until this, this platform or a common language is going to be spoken um, amongst suppliers and carriers and things like that. And I think that's just personally, I think that's just a long ways away because it's um, everyone has their own system and process and it's very, very um, fragmented. <laughs> it's a challenge.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. Absolutely. So, okay. I mean, so we're being innovative internally. Right. How do we keep tabs on the other people in our, our supply chain to sort of see where they are? How do we gauge that, you know, how we're, how our pace of innovation is sort of keeping, keeping pace or maybe not keeping pace with the service, service providers that we're currently working with? Is there something that the service providers should be maybe giving the shippers to say, Hey, you know, we we're seeing that you're doing this internally. This is what we're doing to make sure that we keep pace with that because we want to work with you in the future.
1: Uh, you know, I think I think technology is going to really help uh, le- like level the playing field, if that's the right term. Um, it's 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 going to become a monitoring and rating system. I think so. You, you know, with the other players involved. So, an example is um, again, I go back to Uber, who. Just rolled out in their Uber Freight application that trucking companies can now rate warehouses by wait time. So think about this for a minute. This this is this is pretty incredible that that um, you could get one view on all of the freight warehouse you know the delivery points where truck drivers tend to get paid by the hour if they have to wait two hours at a warehouse because they don't take appointments well they don't offload and onload quickly enough. Well, now the, the drivers can actually rate these warehouses. And if you took six hours at this warehouse and, and 45 minutes at this warehouse, that now you're ranking these, these warehouse providers and you, you either going to get better or no one's going to want to deliver to you or pick up from you. So I think that's where, where these you sort of keeping tabs on other players, I think data and technology is really going to enable, you know, enable that. And, and that's going to be really fun really fun to
0: watch oh, And them into efficiency, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You have to, it, yeah, it's basically shaming them into being better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Okay. So let's look at service providers specifically. Um, how do you think that, you know, I know that you guys are over at border buddy, but in general, how do you think service providers are keeping pace with innovation? I mean, you hear the frustration from shippers. Um, are you hearing in the industry that you know they're they're starting to work on it? They're starting to get it. They're starting to you know.
1: I'm seeing you know I spend a lot of time in front of our customers and 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 interviewing them and their processes and things like that. And you know the interesting thing is is there's probably a bunch of different variants of this, but what you tend to hear from high volume shippers, you know, people that are shipping, you know, 100, 200 shipments plus a month. It's just a system. It's like, set it and forget it. Here's the data for the shipment. They are sending it electronically, ideally, to the service provider, and they're, they're, they're done. You know, it's just sort of like, they don't think anything of it unless there's a hiccup at the border itself. Um, other than that, what I sort of hear a lot about is, you know, do you want to be a software company? Or do you want to be, you know, a a customs broker? Do you want to be a software company or do you want to be a trucking company? If you look at, again, going back to the Ubers and the Amazons and the Flexports, they're software companies first. You know, they are software developers. They're developing integrations and things like that. So I think that's a big choice is if you're a service provider, are you going to be building software or are you going to be uh, using off the shelf software and, and, um, you know, trying to figure everything else out?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really big important question too, right? Because that's where we get the siloed approach. Is if everybody decides to be a software company, you know, and they're building their own platforms, and then it becomes a nightmare of username and passwords.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it, it it's a huge undertaking to to build software and then keep it keep it current, keep it fresh. You know, add you know add new features. It's it's a whole different ball game. Than um than just being you know a trucking company, you you are it's a completely different business, <laughs> different skills, different leaders, product managers. There's a whole bunch of different things that need to happen there.
0: Absolutely. Well, you and I just recently read this really interesting report. Um, I can't really remember who it was who it was from. Do you remember? Was it McKinsey?
1: I uh, it was McKinsey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was a really great report, and it kind of um it it you know uh, compared the freight industry to the travel industry and sort of where we are and why you know service providers and ocean carriers and how they compare to what's going on in the travel travel sort of industry do you want to talk a little bit about that there were some crazy stats in that report too
1: yeah i think it's a it's a really fun um, the 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 uh, title of the study is Travel and Logistics, Data Drives the Race for Customers. So this is really, again, back to that piece of consolidating all this data from the shipping containers to the trucks to the warehouses to customs. Um, so yeah, we, we you could say that we're, that part of the reason that this is getting attention as logistics is because it is so fragmented, like all the carriers, you know, if you think about 15 years ago, if you wanted to get a, it was probably more than 15 years ago. I'm dating myself a bit. But if you wanted to get, you know, airfares, you had to go to a travel agent, phone them or email them, and they'd, they'd get a hold of six different airlines. Well, now you just do it through one application that's consolidated all the data, the Expedias and the Travelocities of the world. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. It was an interesting read to see, you know, um, that trucking, <laughs> the trucking revenue is bigger than air travel. Which, for some reason, shocked me. I just i I, I didn't think of that. Um, but trucking is is bigger than air travel in in revenue and in, in billions of dollars. so uh, and freight forwarding and they they're just comparing you know cruises to rail cargo, and it was very fascinating,
0: um, yeah, and I thought was that what was really, really interesting was how much more. Um, of a presence on Google we're getting as far as logistics and supply chain. I think they said something like it went up 23% uh, that it's logistics-related uh, searches on Google, which means that more people are shipping. You know, with online retailers and eBay and different things like that, there's so many more people shipping. There's so many more, you know, looking for information about logistics and really looking to freight forwarders and ocean carriers for that innovative approach. And actually, another staggering um, uh, stat was only 6% of the largest ocean carriers and freight forwarders have end-to-end online booking capabilities.
1: Yeah. And so I, you know,
0: 6%. I know it,
1: it's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Sorry, just before you, uh, you go in there, what I also thought was crazy was that um, it said something about the fact that we're not even mobile friendly. Yeah. <laughs> that is so scary.
1: Well, no. And, and it's, uh, I guess, I think we're both excited about it. So we're like, I'm interrupting you. Sorry about that. But the, you know, it, it's, I think what's actually happening, if I could guess at the intent of these searches if I was to guess, and I could, I would put money on it. I would guess that the reason that these searches are going up is because customers are going, "Oh my gosh, there's got to be a better way."
0: <laughs>
1: I can't still be emailing this guy. I can't be like having to phone my customs broker. Um, Did
0: I just get an Excel spreadsheet?
1: Yeah. So, so they're they're just like let me Google this and find if there's a modern way of doing this, you know? And, um, of course there are, i got to give myself a plug. You know, there there are ways to interact, interact with, with, you know, brokers and, uh, more modern ways. But, um, I think majority they're, they're not seeing uh, any sort of progress and they're going, what the heck is going on? I can, I could press a button and get a package delivered to me overnight, but I can't, you know, get the status of my freight from China to Vancouver.
0: Well, and I think it brings up a really, another really good point for service providers and logistics providers and ocean carriers is that there is, because traditionally um, they, they didn't do very much marketing. Right. And, you know, with that, with that Google search going up 23%, there is a huge space for marketing that I don't even think most of them realize.
1: Yeah, it was it was funny. There was um, I shouldn't say it's funny. I'm not. I, I don't ever want to sound like I, I really respect what people are doing in the industry. But there was something from a carrier that said online quoting, you know, available now, and it was like revolutionary, right? That that this. I think it was an ocean carrier that had online quoting. And this is like 2018, right? (laughs) And, and, you know, they were so excited that they put a huge marketing campaign. There's YouTube video roles. And it's like, this is stuff that was being done 20 years ago in every other industry, right? Um, but now you can get ocean freight bookings online. It's incredible. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's, we have a long way to go. Um, but I think what we're seeing is there's going to be a bit of a groundswell or there is a bit of a groundswell happening, especially with the big, big guys, um, you know, the merse of the worlds and uh, they're they're going digital as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. And actually, I'm I'm looking at this stat right now of ocean carriers and it says that none of the it says number of carriers offering functionality and like it's like zero. <laughs> yeah. And the mobile friendly, there, you know, for booking, there's zero. Uh, for quoting, there's two out of five. Yeah. You so, know, on this like, rating scale. So I'm going to have this um, McKinsey report, actually, um, as a part of this episode at letstalksupplychain.com. So people can really read and see what we're talking about. Um, but it just really goes to show you that that disconnect. I mean, everybody talks about the disconnect, but it really shows you some incredible statistics and how much more work we have to do to get on board.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, if you just think about what happens now, I can buy and I, I've actually bought product from Alibaba in China and, and the complete experience, I didn't talk to anybody, right? I didn't, it was all done through their app. I used the mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, but guess what happened when the freight arrived? <laughs> you know, there's documents, there's, there's like emails and there's attachments. Um, and it just goes completely offline. It, it goes completely paper. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's hilarious! Just because of like all the customs and stuff at this end.
1: Yeah, and and the freight forwarding. Sometimes there's an original bill of lading. It's like, really, we're still shipping on an original bill of lading. You know, there's
0: an original bill of lading for, for for an Alibaba shipment.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but it was very strange. <laughs>
0: Wow. Well, it you know, this report, you know, it it shows that we need to be a little bit more on top of you know, what we're doing as service providers in the space even for marketing. I mean, it's you know, it's not something that's spoken about a lot, but at the end of the day, we need to get it out there. We need to get we need to get on top of innovation and we need to get you know, the companies that are driving that innovation out there. And like you said, you know, take a page from Flexport. I mean, they're doing a great job with the marketing and the PR side.
1: Yeah. And if you think about it, if someone's got a service for Amazon to, to ship their parcels, they've got uh, Uber in their hand for uh, getting a ride. They've got Domino's Pizza app in their hand for you know, food. They've got Starbucks in their hand for coffee, and that then
0: would be delivered by Uber Eats now. By the way, just I sorry I had to throw that in because
1: yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, it turns your seven dollar coffee into a twelve dollar coffee, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and you know the so anyways, there people are used to that, and they're like they can't fathom why logistics providers and uh, or customs brokers haven't sort of caught up to that. So that mm-hmm. that's what we need to do is make sure that we're staying. Um, fresh. Otherwise, uh, they're going to go to Google and find a better way.
0: And is there anything particular that you think that people should be focusing their time and investment? I mean, I know you mentioned data, but is there anything sort of specific there?
1: I, I just really think it's all, it's all about that, that customer experience. So removing the friction, removing uh, effort... You know, everything, again, I just, I'm, I know I'm just beating the same drum, but you can, you can do these things with three thumb taps. And if you have to now phone somebody or email somebody, you're just instantly annoyed. So you have to think about the customer journey and what they need from you and then, um, and give it to them.
0: And whether you really want to take that phone call because they're already annoyed before they pick up the phone. Absolutely, anyway. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well if so if logistics providers are slow in the uptake, just to provide one touch services or even offering mobile on mobile devices, what does that mean for your global suppliers in remote parts of the world? And how do we collaborate to bring them up to speed, so to speak? Remember to check out Border Buddy at Borderbuddy.com and you can get a discount off your first shipment with them, and that's borderbuddy.com forward slash let's talk supply chain. For more information about the McKinsey report that we spoke about in this episode and about Graham connecting with Graham show notes uh, for easy reference, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 56. Thank you again, Graham. That was another great discussion. And I love having you on the show.
1: I loved it too. Thank you very much. I appreciate
0: it. For past episodes with Graham, go to the podcast page at letstalksupplychain.com and you will see our past discussions because, and they get lively. So you're going to want to check it out because we talk about hot topics like autonomous vehicles, drones, and so much more. So again, the podcast page, scroll through and you will see the discussions that I have had with Graham Robbins of Border Buddy. On next week's episode, I can't believe it, but we We have another woman in supply chain episode. Yes, that's right. A month has gone by, and now I am featuring and highlighting another powerhouse woman in supply chain. You're going to want to hear her story. She is a CTO of a global logistics provider. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So that's with Denise McDonald. And that is from Flash Global. If you want to come and support the show, there are a few ways that you can do that. Number one is rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can so other people can find the show and I can feature your review in one of the episodes. And uh, you can also go to the website, letstalksupplychain.com under shop, you will find my 107-page supply chain dictionary full of acronyms and definitions and everything you need to know to increase your success in the industry. Number three, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com. We have started development. Yes, people, we have gotten started. So you want to be one of the first people to know once we launch and so you want to go and put in your information. And again, that's at ships.com S H I P Z dot And lastly, follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter on Twitter, where let's talk S chain. You're going to want to do that because every Wednesday I put up a supply chain question from the listeners and everybody weighs in. It starts amazing conversations. So make sure you follow us. Check out the question every single Wednesday. Thank you again for joining me on the show have an amazing day and remember everybody ship happens